Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. If you know me by now, you know that I love incorporating books and literacy-based activities into my speech session. It allows me to easily plan quickly and effectively that I can use one resource with as many groups as possible or with my mixed groups that have many different goals. But it also allows me to correlate my lessons to what they will be doing in the classrooms. I'm able to incorporate curriculum without really doing so. I'm able to mimic what they might be doing and how they can be using their strategies that I teach them in the speech room into the classroom. And that's why today I want to be talking all about before reading activities. And why before reading? Well, let's take a step back. In order to correlate with a reading lesson that would be done in the classroom, we need to incorporate before activities, during activities, and after activities. This also allows us to stretch one text really out, a book, a text, even a wordless video, you can still do these literacy-based activities. So you can do a whole lesson before even reading the book or article. You can do strategies while reading it so that they can grasp it better and then a whole bunch of activities afterwards. So today in this episode, we're going to be just talking about before reading. Okay, in the next few episodes, I'll talk about what to do during reading. And the following week, we'll talk about what to do after reading. But let's talk about why before reading strategies. It allows us to motivate our students through activities that might increase their interest by showing them if we are excited about this topic, they might be excited about the topic. And it also activates students' background knowledge. We know that background knowledge is essential for critical thinking, right? We know for inferencing is text evidence plus background knowledge, and they're able to infer. So they need that background knowledge piece on the topic. 
So we can assess that by doing some before reading activities, okay? So what are some things we can do? We can establish the purpose of reading, like why are we reading this article? What are we getting out of it? We can maybe identify some difficult words and phrases that they might not be aware of and be able to teach them before reading. We can preview the text by surveying the title, illustrations, some unusual text structures, and we can make predictions about what it's about. We can think and talk and write about the topic of the text. Just by holding up the book and showing the cover and showing the title and talking about it and having our students try to guess what it's all about, you can work on sentence structure. You can work on predicting. You can work on describing. You can work on WH questions. You can work on body language of character, like nonverbal language. There's so many things that you can work on just by showing a cover of a picture book, by showing the title and maybe in a photo of a nonfiction text like from newsela.com. I sometimes, when I'm using my Pixar shorts and my Ed puzzles, I will show them just like one, like I'll show them this title and one like image, like the, the first image of the video. Like, what do you think it's going to be about? Where do you think it's going to take place? We can talk about the key story elements. Who do you think is going to be the character setting problem solution? Okay, so just by introducing those things, we can see if they have background knowledge of the setting or problems or characters. We can see where there are things that our students might not understand, and we can tackle it before reading the story because if they don't have the understanding and knowledge of that, they're not going to be able to critically think and engage with the text. So we want to spend time and hold up and not rush into reading. We want to take the time to give them the instruction and support and foundation that they need. And we can teach them the strategy of, okay, before I read something, I need to think, what self-talk do they need to do if a teacher isn't prompting them to do this? So say they're picking up a book to read for independent reading time. So it's not something that they're doing with the teacher. What are some things they can do? Okay, so they can look at the cover. Let's take a guess, maybe write it down, think about it, make a little brainstorm list. And if they don't understand something, what can they do? If they think it's going to be about the zoo and they've never been to the zoo, we can teach them to look up virtual field trips. Go to YouTube, go to Google Images, and find some images of the zoo or a circus, or maybe the book is about an acrobat and they've never been to a circus. They never heard of an acrobat before, but when they saw pictures of it, it rang a bell. It triggered some, like, a, oh, I I've seen that before. I just never knew there was a name to that. So we can teach them the strategies of what to do when they're on their own by guiding them through what to do in our speech room. Okay, so what are some other things we can do? So say we're reading a text on, oh, let's think, like coding in the classroom. I'm making this up. This doesn't even exist. I could assume that they know what coding is, but you know what they say when you assume something, right? So you can do a KWL chart. What do they know about coding or classrooms and computers? Basically, maybe you show them an image, what it might be about. So they can write all the things that they know. And then it, the W is what do you want to know about coding in the classroom? And let's take a guess what we think they're going to tell us. And then as they're reading, they can do the learn piece. The, the L is the afterwards. If you're previewing a text and you think there might be some vocabulary words that they might not know because they're challenging words or they might not have background knowledge of it if it's like a very scientific article and maybe has some higher tier three type words, I like to do it like a stranger acquaintance friend. Like you can make it formal by sorting or you can honestly just use thumbs up, thumbs down and like the sideways thumbs up. Just have them sorting out and identifying how familiar are they with the word. So stranger, they've never heard it before. Stranger danger. Couldn't, well, I'm going to skip over that word if I get to it. Acquaintance, they've heard it before. 
They don't know what it is, but they've heard it before. They're familiar with it. And friend, they're besties. They can describe them, use it. It's in their repertoire. So that's something I like to do when it comes to vocabulary when doing a before reading activity. So that's one way you can like preview the vocabulary with them and go through it. You can even do that with the concepts and topics that it will be about. If you feel that they don't have that background knowledge or something, or you want to enrich their background knowledge even further to give them more information on a topic that can have an even better understanding, or like I said, you want to drag out the article into three different sessions, you can do virtual field trips. There's ones for Disney. There's Buckingham Palace. There's different museums have virtual field trips, especially because of COVID now. Like, there's even more out there than there ever were. Just Google whatever topic in virtual field trip, and you might find something. Or just Google images or YouTube video of like, if you're reading an article about some sort of construction something, you might be able to find a YouTube video. If you're reading something about magic, you might be able to find a YouTube video about a magician and some magic tricks. There's Mystery Doug. MysteryDoug.com is a free site that allows you to get access to like four to six minute videos on various topics and you can browse through their archive. You can purposely pick out an article that you know there's a Mystery Doug of to pair it together. I've paired, there's a mystery dog video on magic. I've done that one, done whole magic activities with them, building their understanding. We even looked up some magic tricks and taught them to ourselves. And then there's an article on readworks.org called The Magician. And I did that separately, and they had more background knowledge of magic because I paired the two things together. And that was in two different sessions. They still remembered it. Again, you can try to guess what the story is about. One thing I like to do is I've taken a fictional storybook activity and just shown them the illustrations, covered up all the pictures. And I took just poster board or just a dry erase board. And we each, after each page, we took a guess of what we think that page was about. What do you think happened on that page? This is without even reading. And we went through it and we made a summary of what we think the story was about. And then we read the story and then we were able to say, okay, we crossed off the things that were incorrect and we left the things that were correct. We added to the things that we didn't put into place, but it helped get a deeper understanding of what we think the story was going to be about to help them elicit some background knowledge, engage with the illustrations, engage with the topic, engage with the book, get excited about the book before we even read. They were more interested in hearing the story when they generated their own version of the story and they wanted to see if they were correct or not. Okay, so that's something you can do as well. If it's a nonfiction article, again, you can do those text feature kind of things and look at captions and headings and subheadings. And if there's charts and tables and graphs and things like that, looking at all those things and trying to make a guess of what the article is going to be about and get a better understanding. And if there's something that they don't understand, again, Google Images, YouTube, that fun stuff. You could also do word sorts by having students sort words that are in a text or concepts into categories. They can get to see the bigger picture of the words that are in the text. Not only will they begin to make connections between the words, but also they'll know what they know and what they don't know. And you'll know that. And you'll be able to target it and work on it with them using context clues, giving them different strategies about, okay, if this is the topic and this is how it's used, what do you think that means? Can we think of another word to substitute in there that is a word that we do know? Can we think of a synonym? So you can do all these different things to work on, again, you can work on describing, you work on sentence structure, you can work on vocabulary, you can work on describing, you can work on all these different goals before you even, even get to a text, okay? So I gave you a whole bunch of different ideas, such as a KWL chart, doing the stranger acquaintance friend, doing using virtual field trips, using mystery dogs, doing book walks, guessing what the key story elements are, 
looking at the text features, doing word sorts, going through the illustrations and trying to guess what the text is going to be about. And this will help get students motivated about the text. They'll get excited about it. They'll get to see that it's relevant to them and there's some sort of connection and they'll have some sort of ownership on it. They'll be really excited and more engaged when they get to finally read it because they did all these different activities leading up to it and they're now really, really curious what they're going to be reading about. It also activates the student's background knowledge and also will help you understand what they know and what they don't know. And you can help teach them to advocate for themselves and be more self-aware when they are unsure about what they are about to read is all about and what they can do to be successful so that they can overcome this challenge. All right. I hope you found this helpful. Stay tuned to next week when we're going to be talking all about during reading activities and what you can do in speech to, again, correlate your lessons to what is going on in classroom and incorporate more literacy-based activities. Again, it doesn't have to always be a storybook. It can be an article. It can be a YouTube video, but it's, again, mimicking what students should be doing and what effective readers are doing indirectly. All right. I always end my episodes with a joke. So why did the teacher write on the window? To make the lesson very clear. All right, guys, have a great week. Stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun, and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.